planting delight Join us, Iona and Cami. Let's have some fun, it's time for Fed by Farmers Hello, hello and welcome to the Fed by Farmers podcast with me, Cami Wilson And me, Iona Murray Oh, Iona Yeah It's a big one today Yeah, oh. a nice one I'm feeling emotional. We have your dad on today, John Murray from Chris Flat Blackface, Chris Flat Farm in Muirkirk. How did you feel this one went? I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Oh, it, it, it's incredible to be to be honest. It's incredible. We've we've done some amazing ones, and we have some amazing ones to come. But this is this is probably my favourite. Is it? Yeah, I think. See, just to get you, just don't get. Like a guy like well, you've got is Alan Blackwood now, who you would just never get, and then you've got John Murray, who's like so well respected, loved, and in, in the Blackie community, and certainly around Ayrshire and the sheep world as well, very well well known and respected, and you got him into a podcast. I know. Yeah, no, I think I, he enjoyed doing it. He relaxed into it, and yeah, he did a lot of good funnies, a lot of good funnies actually, and a lot of serious stuff. You know, we mm-hmm. we, we do ask him about the fact that that. You know, you've you and your three siblings, none of them are taking on the farm, mm-hmm. which means a lot to him. You know, mm-hmm. the farm, as as he goes on to say in this podcast, he bleeds Chris Flat, yeah. which was a special moment. So, we've given away too much. Let's let's actually let's watch the podcast uh, and listen to the podcast, okay. and, and then we'll come back to it at the end. I do have to give a big shout out to Alan and Lindsay, the owners of Kids Two and Cumnock, for sponsoring this podcast. A good local business to Chris Flat. Alan, of course, being Alan Blackwood that was on previous and his partner, Lindsay, run kids too. They get great traffic from the the last podcast. Did they? And thank you to everyone that oh, went on and had a look. Great. The stuff is absolute top notch. Yeah. As anyone who knows Alan knows yeah. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do anything <laughs> if it wasn't the best. No, true. So the stuff is really high end. They do have their post-Christmas sale on now. So check out Kids Too, which is kidstoo.co.uk and have a look at their range. But that's enough from us. Well, you're about to get a lot more from us. <laughs> but a bit from John as well. Let's get started. And we're here with John Murray. Exciting times. Iona's dad. For anyone who doesn't know, we've already filled them in in the intro. I'm mm-hmm. sure that this is your father. <laughs> it's, it's probably the only way. The phone. Probably the only way we could get you here today. Well, aye. I'm out of my comfort zone. I would say that. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was great when Iona said that she'd spoke to you uh, and, and you yep, would come in and yep, do one. Because, yep. And and. Locally, especially and nationally, of course, through the Blackface Sheep, a lot of people know you. So, a lot of people will be interested to hear this story. Aye, well, aye, that's aye. We'll, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, I'll blow the smoke up, yeah, and you just you just play it down. You, you I am just a crofter from your kit. Don't, <laughs> uh, don't take it beyond that. Well, I've had a couple of them on now, eh? Yeah, uh, aye. Those, those Muir Kirk crofts seem to do all right. <laughs> yeah. So, John, tell us a bit about your farming setup. Um, well, I farm at Chris Flat, which is a, it's a kind of traditional, I run it traditionally as a traditional hill sheep farm, um, which I suppose you could say old fashioned rather than traditional, I don't know, but um, I kind of in the past, I've, I've, I've kind of wound it down slightly. When I was younger, I, I had 80 sucklers and I had um, seven, 800 purebred hill ewes and then across 200 with the blue leicester to get mule ewe lambs. But gradually as time's going on and he just caught up at 12 years ago, I sent the cows down the road, which I still miss actually. I enjoyed my my cows and I tended to expand the sheep slightly and I now have them all pure. 
But the run is a, a traditional hefted hill flock, same as it's always been, you know. And um, hill farming is one of these areas, and it's the area in farming where that has changed least over the generations. You, you look at how dairying has changed and how arable farming has changed with technology, and they're just totally different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Whereas, Hill farming, you're still following the cycles of the season. You know, I'm still it's still the same sheep and Chris Flat that were there hundreds of years ago. Mm -hmm. No females have ever been bought, so there are generations of the same sheep I, still there. You've never bought a female? Never bought a female, no. So, yeah, if you go back two or three hundred years, a couple of hundred years, it's the same as the descendants from those sheep that are still on the farm, you know, because you, you basically sell the five-year-old ewes every year. Or I, I tend to keep most of them. In the last few years, I've sold some, but... I tend to keep them in by in the fields. So you take five-year-old sheep off the hill and you replace them with the best of your ewe lambs. And that's been going on for 100, 200 years. So that side of it's never changed, you know. So um, so when, when I say it's almost a kind of timeless way of life, hill farming, mm -hmm. uh, in that respect it is. Yeah, you know? that is such a, such a romantic way of, of putting it. In. And I'm very intrigued that you've never bought a female. Never bought a female. Not no. even, you know, these, it seems the thing now you buy these inland females, never nah, went anywhere near that. No, no, no. I've always, I've always concentrated, because I started off, when I, when I took over Chris Flat from my father, it was pretty well, historically Chris Flat was a top, top blackface place, you know, going back to the late 1800s, um, and it went through, and the, but at that point it was, and then it kind of, it was always a good sound stock, but my father was a good commercial farmer, but um, I always wanted to, kind of, I always had the notion to try and get it back to where it was historically. You know, mm -hmm. so. Should we do a bit of background about how you ended up at Cross Flat? Um, how did my family ended up at yeah. Cross Flat? Um, our family. Our family. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Dad. <laughs> um, well, my grandfather was actually an interesting story because my grandfather was actually a top... Um, he was a dairy farmer. He was top one of the top dogs in the Ayrshire cattle in the kind of early, in the 1910s, 1920s. And he, Ayrshire cattle as in Ayrshire, Ayrshire dairy cattle? Ayrshire dairy cattle. Right, okay. At Chris Flat? No, oh, no, no, this no. Is before he, he came to Chris Flat. Sorry. But him and his brother, I mean, he, in his early 20s, they were, he was exporting cattle to America for four figures over £1,000, which in the 1920s was huge money. <laughs> yeah. They were exporting them. And he, he basically worked with Ayrshire cattle all his days and he showed them you've seen the trophies at Chris Flat you know these old Ayrshire um, some shows throughout Ayrshire you know and he, but he he got to age 62 I think it was and he had been um, he, all his days he'd, he'd wintered hogs from the hill farms the hills round about they always used to send their, their new hogs down to the dairy farms for wintering mm -hmm. so and he loved them. He used to get around, my, my old gran used to say, but now every day we dog around these hogs. And he got to his 62 and he'd had enough of dairy and, and he decided to up sticks with his wife and his, my father, his, his, his wee boy, and they took the rent of a big hill farm down Newton Stewart Way. I mean, and this was a, I mean, so my guy that spent all his days in a dairy farm, this, this hill sheep farm was 25,000 acres. Oh my God. It had seven hirsels. And Hirsol is a what an individual man's herding, so he had seven shepherds with their own Hirsols. So he took that on at that age, um, and he said it was the happiest days of his life, you know. So he, he was there <laughs> wow. till he was eighty, and then the, it was after the post-war the 
because of the 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 great push to plant hill ground because of the the bother they had getting timber over the during the war over from America okay. they decided to plant out Galloway so they were put out the farm at that stage and they came to Chris Flat his, his sister actually owned Chris Flat so he, she basically sold them Chris Flat at a knockdown price and right. up in the Roma days and at 62 was that a secure tenancy you took there or no it wasn't what was that just a, a short term it was a, five, a it was a 15 year tenancy I think at the time right, okay. but that point see at that point they couldn't actually let out these big farms you know, the, I mean that that farm he took on had been in the market, looking for a, somebody to take it on for two years before he took it on. You know, nobody That's wanted them. There was imagine, no money in hill farming. Imagine that now. Oh, but there was no money in hill farming. I lay for two years untenanted um, until he took it on. That's mad. But there was no but money. But what in has it. changed? Why is that not but, the case now? Well, because there's money in farming now. Subsidies came in as well. Yeah. Subsidies. Yeah. Okay. 25,000 acres a sub. Aye. In those yeah. days, there was no health imagine a hug. Subs. Imagine a hug scheme on that. <laughs> I know. Like, and that's the kind of thing. Yeah. No 25,000. Yeah, you're going to run, well, it must have been 15,000 sheep on it or more. No, or? I hadn't, it, was, it was a big, it's a wild place. Like, he had seven herschels, and each herschel was. Yeah, about 1,000 sheep then, roughly. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Maybe slightly under. Mm. But even yeah. so, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, imagine subs on that now. Oh, aye. Oh, huge. Um, huge. Yeah. Huge. They'd get some turbines on it, maybe. <laughs> ah, that's, yeah. that's probably that, well, that's it. We've so many more options now with, with these big, these big bits. But it's another factor we spoke in a previous podcast with Cammy Jackson about mm. these secure tenancies and how the yep. rents always seem ridiculously low yep. to the more modern generation, perhaps yep. compared to what we now have to pay if we want a tenancy. That's right. But that is part of the reason. Is it back in oh, the aye. day? Oh, aye. Nobody wanted them. Yeah. Well, that, that was a yeah. that, that big and it was a good farm. Two years at when nobody wanted it. And that, but after the war, you see there was this need for food security came into play. So post-war, um, food security was a big issue. So therefore, they put subsidies on to try and encourage people to. So is that where the subsidies just, started? Aye. Yep. Oh, okay. It was for food security, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they brought them on. And, and that'll come back around again. Like well, we talk about that all food the time. security will be, become an issue. And the more they plant, they're now planting good dairy farms, you know, and yeah. trees and stuff. The more they plant, plant the better ground, it's going to become to, food security is going to become an issue at some point. It's bound to. Yeah, you know. absolutely. But, so, um, so your father bought, uh, he bought your, it your grandfather, his, sorry, your father. Your My grandfather, grandfather bought, it. bought yep. it from his sister for 10,000 10, pounds he bought it for. Um, and what year was that? 48. Oh, it's not that crazy long no, ago. Aye, 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 aye. So, yeah. Um, aye. So, he bought it, and then my father was young. He was So, he was a, just a boy at the time, and he, my grandfather, um, he retired when my father was about 20. He took, my father was a, right, a real good commercial farmer. He reclaimed a lot of the hill ground. That was his, and at those point, there was big subsidies. There were was, there was 70% grants for redraining, 50% um, grants for fencing off bits of the hill you get 50% grant for ploughing it so to fence it to graze it fence it reseed it you yeah, know and, okay. and slag it and lime it so you were, you were fencing off areas of hill ground and mm -hmm. and slagging it and liming it and you were getting these high subsidies for it so he basically he he, he exploited the, the 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 you know that side of things the at the ground. time uh, and you see all these fields are all were originally hill ground that were reclaimed yeah. but and what is slagging it Slag, that was the slag. That was the waste from the, the old steelworks. You know, it was high in... It was high, high in minerals? Yes. Right, okay. So you, you always put the slag on with the lime. Um, is that still done? I don't know if there is slag now. At one point, that's all you put on. It was slag and lime. Yeah. Um, you get <laughs> and it was 
Great stuff. And you got it for free, I take it? Uh, as a byproduct? Or is, it's kind of like the modern digestate. Aye, I take it was it. cheap. Yeah. It was cheap. And you got, even got that and get subsidised for putting it To be fair, lime would have been cheap back then too, it I'm was, sure. Yeah. It yeah. was. It yeah. was. So, that, so, aye, so they basically reclaimed areas of ground. And, um, and he, at that point, there was a great push for food. So if you go back before the 1950s, Muirkirk, nothing but sheep, black-faced sheep. Mm-hmm. All black, Muirkirk's black-faced sheep. Mm-hmm. And then around about the 1950s, people suddenly started to reclaim ground Cows started appearing, and in the, in the 1970s, everybody had 100 cows or sucklers. And now, it's they've just about all gone again. Yeah. We're just back to nothing but sheep. You know, the odd, and, and why do you think that it. is? It's just economics. economics no money in cattle. No, and at that point, there were there were subsidies available, you know, and, and they were paid, and then it's just going full circle. Subs for cattle, you mean? Yep. Yeah. Subsidies for keeping okay. cattle going. And it... Yeah, but nowadays economic more extensive, you know, because mm. sheep farm is extensive. I mean, we are we're running our use at a ewe to two acres, three acres, yeah. you know, so they're running slack, you know. Yeah, but I treat them in hefts. They're all. I, I'd still like to keep my sheep in tight. You want to say what hefts are, just for people? Yeah, who we've don't got to always assume there's a lot of listeners that from outside farming that, and a lot of non-sheep farmers. Yeah, hefts yeah. are basically family groups. So the sheep when you when you've got a farm of say, oh, where hills maybe what. Just shy of two thousand acres. The 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 sheep just don't wander randomly over the hill. They stick to their own patch of the hill, you know. And like without fences. Or no anything. fences. Yeah. There's no fences. Just yeah. open moorland. But they they stick to their one area of the hill. So if I could go to, I could go to any point. If I wanted to find one individual sheep, I could go to whereabouts in the hill I would find her. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's an instinctive thing because it, basically the sheep, um, she knows. Um, where all the, the, the hazards are in that part of the hill, all yeah. the bog holes yeah. are, where they, mm-hmm. they might f- drown. Or, and you see them, the one that they, they, they is to avoid, you know, and they, and they teach their lamb because they're, they're you lamb that will follow them into the, that hef. She follows his mother all summer and, and knows And they'll never leave around. that area. And, never yeah. leaves it. And it's generally broken by like a gully or a, a burn. Or it tends to be a burn. Or, there's there's or some natural there has, break there, in there the usually land. Is, there usually yep. is. But they, they're born into and, and it's a... They know and, and where the wind's coming, where to get the best shelter, and then mm-hmm. what times of the year where the best grazing is, whether it's the heather or the... Mm-hmm. So that side of things. And, uh, and and that's part of the reason why like, a lot of people ask me about if I get a lot of abuse from people, from animal activists and climate people about farming and what, what I do. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the beautiful things about sheep is, like you just said, that you can't be anything other than carbon negative when you're running. Oh, when no, every no. sheep has yep. two acres. That's a it. lot of it probably peatland. Yeah, it is. So it the is. ultimate carbon store. It is. Like you're, you're probably just waiting for these carbon credits to get announced and you'll be a millionaire. Aye, that's <laughs> it. Bring, like, bring, bring, bring on. Because it's bound to be because like you'll have Ryanair on the phone saying, John, I hear you're only, I was listening to Fed by Farmers and I hear, <laughs> I hear you're only running one sheep to two acres. <laughs> Come what, on, Dave. what are you doing with the rest of it? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and yeah. I can see it going that way. Mm, I right. absolutely can. Yep. And, and James Nisbet was in uh, a week or so ago. Uh-huh. And, and that's what he rents a bit off of private equity company. Meant to be forestry, but there's probably waiting to see if yeah. there's actually maybe more money in peatland restoration or, yeah. or, or where it's going to go. Be. That's where the money will be, basically. Yeah. Yep. And Chris, so Chris Flat is owned. I own it, yes. Yep, it, yep, yep. You own it. Yep. And it, what did you now? 66. I accidentally said he was 67 in another podcast. I wasn't happy, by the way. <laughs> okay, right, pick her up on that. When are you 67? Me. All oh, right, well, yet then, I next year. Next year, I 66. 
But you're, you're probably creeping close. Some might say you're at retirement age. Well, I have kind of, I've, I've adjusted the business to suit. I mean, as I say, I used to have 80 sucklers and I, I had my hill ewes that I kept pure and I crossed 200 old ewes to produce ewe lambs and I did all the tractor work as well. So I was a busy lad for a while and then it, but I don't know, I used to, you clipped all your own sheep? Clip all my own sheep. I used to to pull you up about that all the time at your cut show, see if I could get them. (laughs) I didn't speed down in case I needed you. (laughs) But the, um, but no, so I've adjusted, the cows went, which I I was quite sad about, I like my cows, but it used to be, it was, when the spring, spring was coming, it was like, uh, I used to really look forward to it, you know, as an adrenaline surge, all the new life and all the start of new yeah. year. And, and it got to be, it was just a big cloud coming up the valley, you know, just how am I going to cope with this? <laughs> so, was that right? Aye, yeah. it was just too much. So uh, either I did it on labour or, adjust, and at my age, I, mean, I want to be myself all my days with family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so rather than do that, I'll adjust the numbers. And so the yeah. cows went and I kept all the sheep pure and, that's kept me going for another 10 years, you know, yep. so. Uh, and, like, regards to, like, family and stuff like that, and I was, I was going to ask you this question, but, like, how do you feel, obviously, you've got three kids? Four, four, four. sorry, four, you were the late one, that's right, we covered yep. that. <laughs> so, four kids, yep. but am I right in saying that none of the kids want to take on none the None of them will come on, no. No, no. And have you, how have you, have you pushed to try and get them on? Or never, did you never, never, no? I never did, no. No, it's, it's a freedom of choice thing, you know, and it's a, and I, Probably people that like you can't understand, you know, the, the opportunity to take on a place like Chris yeah. Flat, you know, how, you know. Yeah. But you've got to be, like, you are passionate. You've got to, you've got that fire in your belly and passionate about it. If you don't have that, if, if it's just going to be a job for you, yeah, do, do something else. Yep. Because totally. if you're, and people like you are, and there's so many young ones like that, that, that they kind of understand why not. Why wouldn't you take on a place like that? But yeah, yeah. You've got to fire in your belly. And, and I had it when got, I was younger. You've got to enjoy it. It's, you, you hit the oh, nail on the head big there. Time. It's, big and, time. And the, I, I discussed in a previous podcast about, I think it was one that Iona was, and I were just sitting speaking. And, yeah. you know, we're talking about, essentially talking about farmers being quite often asset rich. Yes. But very cash poor. That's how it works. And what a lot of people end up getting trapped into is generational farms where, although they're asset rich. Yep. They can't be the one to sell this farm that's the, or that's, to give it up and because, that's the because it's been in the family for a hundred years. So they're abs- they end up depressed and, and although they're sitting on a million pounds, know. they could be millionaires. I know, I know. Yeah. but the whole weight of the family name is, is crushing them. It is. It um, is. And, they, and they, after if it's been in the family for hundred and fifty years, are they going to be the ones to, to break it? failure, sell yeah. it off? You yeah. know, and it's and that's where it's really hard. And you, people they're working all hours under the sun, pushing their pushing things to the limit for nothing. You know, yeah. and, and aye, but um, but no. So my own family not coming to farm. No, I'm I've never pushed it in any way. I'm quite happy. And how and how do you feel about it? You I'll know? be very sad when Chris Flat goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've put Chris Flat is my passion. I mean, I I would say I would say it's Chris Flat rather than farming that's my passion. You know, because I've I've basically brought up there, and I know every I know every field drain, I know every mm-hmm. I know the way. I know everything about the place. Yeah. I bleed Chris Flat. And yeah. so that when the day comes for me to just leave Chris Flat. And will that day come? Oh, well. Right, okay. Well, it's going because I'm kind of whatever. Realistic. But I'll find it really hard. Mm-hmm. I'll find that really, really hard going because mm-hmm. there's an emotional tie there, you know, that um, my sheep as well, because my sheep are my lifetime's work. And the use at Chris Flat are my, basically my lifetime's work. Mm-hmm. And, and I imagine, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to ask you too much about it. Obviously, it's a, it's a, 
sad thing to talk about, really. Yeah. Um, even I find it quite sad just thinking about it. But, like, you would hope when the day comes that whoever takes on Chris Flat, I imagine yeah. you'd you'd want the whole lot to go together. Yeah, the, and I'd know the stock would go, because I don't want to sell the use off separately, obviously. No. you know. If they've been there all those generations. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that you've not bought a female. No. Like, I, I, there cannot I've be many the, farms. I've always put my like emphasis in, in improving the stock by buying the tops through the tops, yeah. you know. So I started off as a commercial farmer. Yeah, I started off, my father was commercial, you know, and he, he would have his, And just uh, to confirm for people, you're like talking about you're crossing your blackies to get blue uh, mule, to get lambs, mule and, lambs and you're yep. uh, producing calves to, to go into the food chain. That's right, yep, that's yep. right, that's right. And, the, and I take you, and your blackies were just for replacements, not for... For you sell females, am I right? Yeah, the excess females, you keep the best for yourself. And, and you, you sell gimmers? I sell gimmers as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the excess, the ones that you basically don't want for yourself, you sell them um, for other people to use, you know. That was always a bit... I always kind of... No, I always improved the stock by trying to buy better tops, you know. Buy, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and I started off tentatively selling one or two, you know, and and I've been through the school of hard knocks when it comes to selling tops, you know, and because I was just purely commercial, like, and I no, I've no other income bar my sheep, so so. And I think that's something that makes Dad quite unusual, you know, that sheep are the only income. I there, there must be a sub in Chris Flat as well. Aye, there's a subsidy. There was, so there I just the sub in the yeah. sheep. And but what that. I mean is, you know, there's no other like I don't know. A lot of farms now there's a one mill money, money or there's yeah, like other things going and, on. Yeah, yeah. whereas for yeah. Dad, it's purely but, but, what he what he brings. So my, in my tops. Year. I mean, I've never. I mean, although I I've been doing well, my, my tops are my tops buy my tops. I never, and and I started off just. I started off with a. I remember I had a budget of maybe three thousand pounds to buy my six replacement tops, mm -hmm. you know, and buy good commercial tops. And then... And where would you go to for them in the day? Is that a Dalmally job for that? Lanark. Lanark. Lanark's the whole market. So you bought you, you bought your ones, but then I, you're looking for better, you know, and I was, whenever, and I used to see other guys selling them, and I'm like, I want to do that, you know, and I, I uh, so rather than spend my three grand and six tops, I spent it on one, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. much to my father's horror. Yeah. And I... Uh, and I, I drew my very best use to that one top, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and tried to use sons off it. And I kind of did it that way. And then um, after a year or two, I've dipped my toe in the water selling a few, you know, and I, I got on better than I thought I would, I have yep. to say. Yep. I remember the first year I did it, I, I couldn't actually believe it, you know. Because I'd, I'd been working away for a year or two thinking they were maybe ready to sell. But I lack confidence, you know. I never. We all do that, though, eh? Ah, like taking yeah. stock to the ring, you start thinking the you worst. Like these aren't the good enough. Yeah, it's going into a lion's den. And, you're, and it's there's nothing Especially crueler. Especially the blackies. There's nothing mm -hmm. crueler yeah. unless your stuff is on point. It's the cruelest place. Because mm -hmm. I've been there. I think that's why I dipped my toe in the water a wee bit earlier. And I had six top lambs that I thought they were pretty good, and you, you put them in the ring in order of the best one to the worst one. Mm -hmm. And uh, my first one went in with twenty five quid. And I knew the five worst ones were still waiting out to come in. That is not a good feeling. <laughs> no, and that was the back in 1920. No, <laughs> no. So that scared me. So that sent me back. So That's a thought. I went, yeah. I went back to drawing board again and I kept it going there a few years. And then I, I remember, it's probably, famine-wise, it's probably the best day I've ever had, actually. But I went in and it was in the, at that point at Lanark Market, they had the main ring for the big, based on the averages from the year before so the two rings selling top lambs and the main ring was all the guys at the top averages the year oh, before that's quite good that's like the and Premier then, League and yes then it's like and, the, yeah. one. and the wee ring was the the guys that had bombed out the year before and 
guys like myself that were dipping their toe in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I arrived, my, I arrived that day in the wee ring at Larrack, and you look over and all the crowds are over at the big ring, and the wee ring, there's maybe half a dozen folk walking up and down, and um, I had five lambs there, and I was second in the ring, which what was What year early. was this? Uh, 96. It's not that long ago. It's not. It's, it's not, not long ago. It's not. No. So ninety six, I was, I was there, and uh, wasn't sure what was going on. And anyway, but I remember, yeah, I remember being surprised. There was actually people coming into my pen to look at my tops, <laughs> and Lux and Year came round before it. it was Brian Ross when he was a boy came round before it and asked me about a reserve for my tops, you know, and I'd never thought you need to put reserves on. So I said, oh, put. Fifty pounds in the first one because I liked him. Mm-hmm. I said, "Just sell the rest." Yeah. So there were a few people back and forth. And at one point, I looked at my pen, and there was nobody the whole length of the the buyer with other pens. But there was people kind of around my pen. No, this looks all right. Yeah, so yeah. We went into the ring, and the first guy went in and got bombed out. And then, as I was about to again, I could see some of the people in the crowd that had actually been in my pen. And I'm thinking, no, this is my bakery, all right. And the first one went in, he made three and a half thousand pounds. And I, ah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was like, You're just wondering about the shock. And the second one was 1800. Next one was 1500. Next one was 1200. I mean, it was like. Unbelievable. Ah, it was unbelievable. So yeah, I've never actually experienced that again, as in just. The um, shock of. Aye. Because mm-hmm. now you, now you people, know. Yeah. You know, you know roughly if you've got a top that's going to do all right. You, you do. Know. You yeah. do. But at that point, it was into unknown. And aye. And so from that, that day on, what I do then, and that that was a kickoff, and but basically what I did was I took all the money I'd grossed that day, mm-hmm. and I went next door into the big ring and uh, bought one, picked the one you wanted. But now you can afford it. Aye, so put all my money into that, and I kind of did that for 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. All I did was gross them, try to get a better top all the time, and I used to think I'm not really making any money out of this. I'm I'm, uh, I'm putting all this heart and soul into it, and a lot of stress and. No, but my females were always getting better because yeah, yeah. the daughters of these good tops were getting better all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, so gradually, and then gradually got to the stage when I, I was, it was, it was and I, I think I got to the stage, I think I'm going to set aside some money every year. Just I need to make money out of this. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of kicked on a bit. But, but I never, I've never actually spent money, I've never spent more money than I've made for my tops. Um, right, okay. So, Aye, so when I, I suppose it's a slippery slope for yourself when the only income is the sheep. Mm-hmm. That's if it. you start going down that route, that's it, it. It, it could be a disaster. And he's quick. got four demanding children. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. I was actually going to make a joke when you said you've never made any money at the sheep. I say, that, don't worry, the Waynes will make money when you're away, John. That's, that's <laughs> where the money is. When the, when the <laughs> yows fight those females, folk get their hands on those I know, females. I'm like, yes, I know. that's Chris Flat breeding. But it, it was interesting. I was going to say, obviously, af- I take it after that sale, that was you Premier League every year after that. Aye, that was me, aye. That Into was the big me. ring. Aye, I did. So I hit the ground running. I never, yeah, there's been some years have been better than others, but I've been lucky, you know. I've, I've, I've done away through the years, you know. Yeah. But And I've got, we had Alan in a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, it was interesting hearing his story as well. He was really open and honest about how they came to have Old House Burning. Yeah. And whatnot. But one thing I forgot to ask him, maybe you're, a, you're, well, you're definitely a better person to ask. Of all these big names, you know, you've got yourself and Sani and, and, and Alan and, and all these, Doblair, all these yeah. guys around that era. Who was like the first, like, to make, who's the first to do like five figures, say, or who's the first to really, um, who, who back when you started was like the. Well, the, I, can back, I mean, generation, I mean, going back to the turn of the century, it was always people, but in my time, the f- 
Probably Andy Woodburn at Netherwood. Right. Andy, Andy at Netherwood. Um, I remember him selling one at. And Andy still quite established. Oh, aye, aye, yeah. Andy is. Aye, he's probably was the first. He'd be, good to, he'd be good to get in here. Andy's one of these guys that uh, it's funny because you, you'll go to judge shows in the back of beyond and you'll meet people anywhere and you'll say you're from Yurkirk and they'll say do you know Andy Woodburn <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's one of those guys, eh? one of these guys eh? so he was kind of the I would say Andy was the first guy in the, in the area and the, the, that was kind of I'm saying a five-figure tops, I would say, at that point. And, and another, I mean, I, I just love all this sheep chat. Like, I'm obviously, that's my thing. But yeah. like, who is your, who's the most influential top, you know, you bought? And where did they come from? Um, you know, do you have one in your head? You're just like, that changed the game. Probably he was a homebred top, actually. He was like a homebred top. Uh, he was the one that, that, he was off a £200 top I bought. But he was off from my best who? He was a... Uh, uh, he said the catchphrase there. He's off his best shoe. Best shoe. <laughs> James Nisbet, you've not heard that yet, but James Nisbet was in yesterday uh, and he, he says he got a £300 top off Ian Blackwood, but is it his best shoe? Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's so like sorry. It's no, such I've a blacky phrase. I've got the best shoe. I know, the best <laughs> shoe. Sorry, I get shoes. A £200 top to your best shoe. That's and funny. I thought get the doubler in his best shoe. <laughs> <laughs> but he paid me on £300. <laughs> 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 um, but I, I probably there's a homebred one I I, I used because I knew often I, that's what I do because what I do I tend to keep a right good homebred one every year you know mm -hmm. and it takes the pressure off the buying side because mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know how much I'm going to gross from wind tops if I'm going to be able to get in there and really buy the ones I want you yeah. know so to keep me going like the next year I tend to keep a really good top of my own mm -hmm. you know and then I know I'm set up for the following year no matter what i make for my own tops yeah you know because it, it's usually one of the very few facebook posts that you put who actually does them you mm -hmm. do you do the facebook know. posts? because yeah. yeah no i always obviously follow chris fat on facebook and it's, yeah. it's you don't post very much of course but yeah. um you usually do see your homebred top named and yeah. a wee video of them are and was it not his was it not now tell me if i'm way off the mark here was it not not one of the homebred tops that you kept that was the father of a uh, upper wellwood's forty thousand pound what was the story? Ah, that's right. That was a top I kept to use myself. And, and you, you uh, gave them... They used them. They got them down for a, a jump in the eye. They AI'd with them and they got a jump off them and they got their... A friend is wondering that's like semen straws semen off them. Semen straws, yeah. Them. So they got them down for the day and they got 40,000 and I think one at 10 and one at 7. Yeah, I remember that day. It was quite emotional. It was. It was, it was, it was I actually, found it emotional as well. It was yeah. a great day. These are the days that make it worthwhile. Noxner said a great thing about you as well during the sale. I can't, can you remember what it was? No. No. Oh, he said something about having to buy you, like, you, he owes you a pound or two now or something. Uh, it, it was something he? very funny, because uh, every time it was like, this one's off of uh, Chris <laughs> Lanark. <laughs> and then yeah. and, and it was Elchie, I think, it was uh, selling at the time. Uh, 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 it was Lanark, wasn't it? It was, was Lanark. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said something funny about another yin from, <laughs> <laughs> from John. It's like, God, you can owe him some luck. No, these are the things. You get we. You get that every year, you get people like that that suddenly, and I know what it's like, but it's it's like that first year I described, it's never quite like that again. Do you know what? Yeah, that's yeah. the yeah. special. Because after that, that, that was a special. Aye, but yeah. there's, there's almost an expectation, even yeah. from, from yourself, you know, and other people come, and there's always people come around the place to see your tops every year, and they come, mm. and there's a there's always more pressure now in that they're coming expecting to see something special, yeah. see something really good, and if you know yourself, if you're not sure about them yourself, there's mm -hmm. a bit added 
pressure with that, you know. Yeah. But um, aye, but the the first year's the best. The first year. Yeah, that story is well, of course, is, is class, and it must be nice moving up to the rest of the, you know, aye. Uh, into the Premier League as we describe it. Like aye, that. it is. Uh, could, no, no, aye, it, it, it is. What's your type of sheep? What do you like? Um, I always say when somebody asks me, what's, what do you look for when you're looking at looking for a new stocked up? I always say it's it's what's looking back at me. You know, I like to, especially with hill sheep, you need to be, it's got to be something that's paying attention and and alert and bright. So when I look in a pen, I like to see something that's, you know, looking at you and paying mm-hmm. attention. So obviously, I, I like something that's, it's obviously got to have a width. I like a, something with a wide muzzle and broad skull. And if that, that width should get right through its shoulder and its back. And I don't tend to like big lanky sheep or, I like sheep that are well made, well made. because these these sheep carry their weight in the right places. If you know mm-hmm, what I mean, mm-hmm. so you get lambs that grade better, but it's more you get use through the winter that hold their fettle better, mm-hmm. especially if they're not been fed. These these ewes that are deep ribbing them and thick set, they they keep condition on them better than a and a and a and a bad winter. These tall kind of lankier sheep, they're the ones that. Unless you're feeding them heavily, yeah, you get a disaster in the spring, mm-hmm. you know. So, do you I, feed any sheep at Chris Flat? Yeah, after that's the beauty of scanning. But I say though, I say how there's been a, there's not been much change in hill farming, but quad bike was one. Scanning's the other one because we can we can now keep all our twins in, mm-hmm. and they get fed pre lambing, um, because piece scanning. I rem- as a boy, that's that I remember Meister holidays from school. That's all I did was. Walk in the hill. Walk, walk, you're using twins off the hill, you mm-hmm. know, just because yeah. they walk them in. Because if you left them in, these they tended to be leaner because obviously twins mm-hmm. see to get them in. So that's you just spent the whole day walking sheep in, you know. And sheep, if MD's working with blackies and low, they when I when I they're the funny, they're, they're, they're the funniest things, blackies, because you see them at this time of year, they're stone mad wild. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was gathering a few weeks ago, and um, there was I was at the top of the hill, and there's some deer. Deer got up behind the dog and they went trotting down the hill. And about 20 metres further up, I came across a bunch of 20 gimmers. And they went away, same direction. And they passed the deer halfway down the hill. <laughs> so, so when people say they're as wild as deer, they're actually wild. <laughs> <laughs> they're beating them the face. Aye, aye. But the thing is, when you come to lambing time, you've, you've seen it, Iona. You, you, you get these, wee, these, these real wild hill gimmers. That, and then you, you, the lamb... And, and they love that lamb to bits. Ah, oh, you're mm. the reverse in front of you. Mm. Mm. They're, they're there, the reverse, and every instinct in their body must be screaming at them to. But they don't. That's the maternal thing a, a blackie has is that's it's an, it amazes me every year. And you'll get these, and they're, they're so maternal, and they, yeah. they'll, they'll reverse the way to the gate. So I spent my boy. I, I actually, as a boy, that's how I spent my Easter holidays. I say ferrying these things in off the hill that reversed from two miles down the hill, <laughs> and you yeah. could not rush them. Yeah, just take they go at the pace of the, they know the pace that the wee day old lamb goes at, and they go at that pace. But it's a great, uh, great lesson for a boy that too. Like I my know. father used to always go on about patience. It's like one totally. of the most important things totally. working totally. with sheep. Patience, mm-hmm. don't hash on, take your time. Totally. Uh, so my grandfather used to say, you should never see a standing ploughman or a running shepherd. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. So there you go. Patience is key. That's it. And Sh- shippers need to go. Ah, you're right. That's it. 
Uh, well, you, you know yourself, if you push that too hard, it's just a disaster. No, just as I go to Doug and you end up 10 oh. metres back where you were. And <laughs> I, I only see me in the river at Lambing time trying to fish things <laughs> Taking out. photos. Yeah. And I'm there supporting I, from the sidelines. Yeah, laughing hard. You're doing great, Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a bit deeper and you'll get her next year. Aye. That's what, <laughs> like, I, I was made the mistake of lambing three years in a row right enough in a field where I burn cheevets right enough. And what you say about the blackie and the maternal thing, having lambed cheevets and blackies as recent as last year I feel, yep. feel like even mix massive difference between like, is there? Aye, like if you catch a blackie and llama mm. alright some of the gimmers maybe don't like a hand on but generally speaking you bring the lamb round she'll start mothering it yep. you can just saunter away quietly yep. and yep. leave her to it yep. see if you have to catch a cheevet yep. certainly my experience and no offence to cheevet farmers here who might disagree with me but I don't yep. think many will because I've had the broad range of ages aye. and if you have to catch them, up and out. Majority of the time, scarper. Aye, they'll sit there too, and you'll think, oh, yeah. like they might even have a couple of licks at a lamb, yeah. and you'll get away, you'll get away, and you think, oh, I've done it. Boom, up, gone. <laughs> Off skin. <laughs> or sometimes you're out the field on the road heading away, Aye. and the lamb's by you've seen, you've left her licking it, and you're going down the road, and you're like, that lamb's by itself. You have to get away back in in the gate and get her again. Uh, that, that definitely Aye. a difference between cheevets and blackies in that regard. They are no, they're they are they're amazing sheep when you work with them actually. They're, um, and you never worked with anything apart from your meals and your producing no, meals? No, never. Um, it's always been blackies, really. Your kids, it's always been there. Blackies, the west of Scotland hills are, because of the high rainfall, and the, they are made for blackies, really. There's, mm. there's, if you go way back in the journals, in the, in, the, in the 1870s, all the farms in the area actually introduced cheviots, crossed the cheviots onto them, and it was because of the price of wool and the finer finer quality wool in the cheviots. Mm-hmm. So the... And if you actually look back to the old top photos of the blackies away back in the... Because there are top photos away back to the 1870s. They're quite pretty white, you know, and there's a cheevy influence in I think it's still them. that little uh, bit in them. Aye, right, that okay. influence. But, so they introduced cheevy to, get the, to go for the fine wool. And then in the early 1880s, there was a series of five horrendous winters, like extreme winters. And basically the cheeviets were wiped out. In your kirk, and, they, and just they, there's actually the they didn't they didn't forage. They just stood in heat. and there's actually a description. There's a guy writes it out about how the the blackies were spent their day scraping and digging on the in the moss, and the chibits were chibit crosses were standing in puddles, you know. And the and um, well, I tell you an interesting thing that backs that up: the Shants Islands, which uh, are off of Harris. I've been a couple of times and. Made some videos. I'm sure you've seen them, and uh, <laughs> they they always run blackies, right? They are, but they've now swapped to the cheviot, right? Because the blackies rake too much, and by right. that I mean oh, really? the blackies will see a wee bite of grass on a wee rock, uh-huh. go for it, and she'll jump to it, mm-hmm. and then she can't get off. Aye, so she's stranded. Ah. So she's stranded. Yeah, cheviots don't do that. Aye. like you yep, say, yep, the cheviots, yep. which I, th- I found fascinating, Aye. and what you're saying there just backs that up. That's mm-hmm. the same situation. Like I, yep. I, th- I found that absolutely Aye. fascinating that the yeah. cheviot won't wander as much no, as a blackie, no, as a blackie which will have a massive survival impact That's okay it. it's the reverse on the islands when you jump there you're dead I know. Yeah, but I know. in your situation with the snow with the snow and everything aye. Yeah. And, and in those days as well there'd be no winter feed i mean basically they were depending on their survivability yeah, yeah. and so the, the so there's been blackies just blackies since you know really yeah you know. and we'll be part you mentioned rainfall will be part of the reason why there's a lot more cheviots up north because it's drier i think that's it i think yeah. don't, don't get me wrong i mean the cheviots in the right the cheviots are super oh she's a hard sheep but there's certain hills are for black you don't get blackies up argyle you don't, you don't get cheviots up argyle mm-hmm. west of scotland yeah. even there's it's just there's hills for them yeah you know? yeah um but 
And that's the thing about the blackie. She'll produce you a, she'll produce you a, a viable good lamb off the most barren, rocky mountaintop, you know, mm -hmm. or, or you can take her down and put her in better ground and she'll, fly, she'll, she'll that, scan you 170, 108% lambs. That is literally... Low input. Yeah. Produce you a couple of 45 kilo fat lambs, you know. Yeah, that, that is Alan touched on that, didn't he? Mm, he said, yeah. like, basically, the blackie does everything. She does. You know, because I mentioned him about, you know, we've seen less of the hill type blackie because now there's a lot more of emphasis in size and whatnot. And he made the great point is that, like, we've still got all types. Oh, and the, types the great thing black. with the blackie sheep is, yeah. she ticks all the boxes. She does. Yeah. Um, she does. And like you said, you easily get a bit scanning 180% plus. Yeah. And you're putting good, and it's low input. I mean, a blackie, you'll produce you two 45 kilo fat lambs, low input. And she's also the mother of the Scottish mule, you know. and is there a better lowland sheep than the Scottish mule? I don't no, know. I still, debate that one. Yeah, no, I, I, st know. I still, the, the one thing I say about the Scottish mule and the issue I have is I think they maybe push it too much towards size these days. I would agree. And they're just getting silly big. I would agree. Um, whereas, I, I, I would agree because I think, yeah, I, I think so too because there's a limit to the size of the fat lamb you're going to sell. What's the point of producing these massive big mule ewes? 100 kilo mule ewe. What's the point? I, absolutely. Because their maintenance their maintenance requirement is higher. Mm -hmm. you yep, know, yep. And, and you still get... 1.92 two lambs per sheep. That's it. That's Aye. it. Yeah. And you, you, you're, I agree with you. And it's the problem is they're trying to push. So, so I, so I think <clears throat> if they're if they're producing massive blue faced Leicesters, you don't need a particularly huge blackie to put them on to produce a nice. No, although she needs to be able to take the weight of the bloody thing right. Aye, that's <laughs> the thing. Aye. Yeah, because some of these blues are insane. Aye, the the aye. size of them. Oh, I know. Um, but no, that was my when when if we mentioned Innovis and a lot of these. Um, Guys with the right idea, like I like a lot of the, the stuff they yes. talk about, but they're going about this 65, 70 kilo you and producing X lambs, or whatever. And it's like, I always think to myself, why don't we just bring the mule back to 70 kilos? I, I mm -hmm. totally agree with you. Do you know what I mean? That's, mm -hmm. I always I think it's like we're trying yeah. to take this sheep at this I totally weight. Agree with you. Because an example might be that the mule is so big. Yeah. But it's like, why don't we just make the mule smaller? Yeah, I agree. That's, that's my kind of thought on it. So we're jumping in here. <laughs> I'll never do it properly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to use that. So No, you're not. So we're jumping in to thank our sponsors again, Kids Too. Yeah, thanks to Alan and Lindsay for coming on board and supporting the podcast. Mm -hmm. They're no big fans. Yeah. Do you know what I think you should do? Go on and order something from Kids Too. Right, okay. Now, I'll be using the website, but they do have a physical store in Cumnock. Have you been past it? I have. What's it like? I have, lovely. Is it? Mm -hmm. is, have they done it up since yeah, they took over? Yeah, it's really, really nice, yeah. Because, yeah, it was a sh a, a previously a baby shop as well, but, you know, they've done it all up and, it, yeah, stuff looks really lovely. Do they have any taxidermied animals out the front? <laughs> you know, Alan loves his golden <laughs> eagles and stuff. <laughs> a wee taxidermy puppy just yeah. to draw them in? Anything like that? Um, not that I noticed, No, they no. kept it very high-end. Yeah, very yeah. high-end. Okay, so they have the physical shop in Cumnock. They have the website, kids, too. And it's all the best premium baby and children's wear that you can imagine. Up to age eight. Up to age eight. So there we go. Thanks to kids too. Another thing I was going to ask, I didn't ask Alan actually. Okay. I'm always, I wanted to ask a blackie breeder, so I'm going to ask you. Okay. Because I think you'll have a diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> there must be times where, right, say you've got your, your £30,000 top you've bought uh -huh. and you're marking the lambs off the hill. Yep. And you see one that's like, that's a belter. Yeah. Is that all of a sudden off the £30,000 top? No. That never happens? Nah. 
Ah, well, personally speaking, no. No, I've got to say that. So. I'd be uh, shocked if you said it's <laughs> different, John. My God. No, I don't. I've never, I never question it, but I've never. No, For I've anyone listening, the, I should say the incredible thing about Blackies, like to me, it's mental, is yeah. that everything's done on the honour system. That's it. There's no that's it. Um, DNA tests. There's no, no uh, lineage. There's no written, you know, no. that's, you can go back five generations. Well, you guys can because she's not all, because it's yeah. like, you know, everybody knows yeah. the family trees. But say the Texels, yeah. you'll have a full family tree right. back generations. That's the Blackies, right. it's just, oh, that's son of 40,000. That's son of uh, 160. Yeah. Do you think that'll ever change? No, I don't. I, think, I think they would fight against I, it. I think, I yeah. think there's a lot of trust in it. I, I think it's, I think it's nice. I've, I never doubt. I've never doubted it. Uh, no. People giving well, pedigrees to me. Well, the big, the big thing that I like about it is, why does it matter? Okay, if that top is, if that top mm -hmm. is as good as it, if you're buying that top on its merits, because generally blackies, you know as you say, you'll you know buy some, it because it's You're absolutely right. Because there's never once in my life have I looked in a pen and seen a top that's for me and go and examine them and then ask what it's off. There's never once in my life have they come up with an answer that's put me off the top. Yeah. Just when it happened, you, yeah. you, you, yeah. you, you know. And that's what I like about it. It's, yeah. it's like, it doesn't really matter. No. Mm -hmm. If no. it's a, if it's a good a sheep, it's no. a really special top. Um, doesn't matter a lot at all, actually. No, no, but it's good. That uh, some people might be. That, uh, I always just wonder that. Yeah. And it's the, <laughs> the one that gets me. And I know you, Blackie guys, are love your stock. Because a lot of uh, pedigree farmers do and whatnot, and, and pure bred folk. But it's the fact they always know what top yep. it's off. Aye. Like yep. I'll be sharing yep. somewhere. I go, oh, that's off such and such. So yep. I'm like, aye. aye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. I think there's more that. of them now. There's more blackies, so I have to say that because of the ID tags and now they do keep computer records. Uh, do they? Good they, deal. All their new lambs and all their, they're all ID'd and on computers, so they they have got the the full backup. I'm right. very well. I know I know this does happen somewhere because I saw an article about it somewhere. Is a uh, performance recording in blackies? Yeah, there is a bit of that happening. I can't remember where I said uh, Cheviots are definitely doing it, and yeah. and any of us have mentioned them twice now. But, <laughs> are uh, they sponsored in this podcast? <laughs> no, I remember they get them on board. Um, but they're doing performance recorded Cheviots, right? Which is interesting. I, I just wonder why they've not done the blackies yet. But I suppose it suits their kind of generic white face sheep type yeah. thing. So what uh, what is that? What do they record their performance on? Uh, like ease of lambing, uh, six week, six or ten week birth weights of lambs, like growth right, rates. Okay. Um, for how sheep like Cheviots, they probably will be more towards that ease of lambing uh, scanning percentage. Okay, is a thing you can see when you're when you're buying the top um, back uh, back fat scanning. They scan everything for their back okay. fats and yeah, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, loads. Of, just basically everything they do for like Texels. Yeah, um, I can see why. I can see why they do it for Texels, but. I mean, why would you backfire scan a black? I'm not saying they do. Uh, la, 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 don't quote me on that. They maybe no, don't backfire scan the Cheviots. <laughs> but this time of year, it's, uh, you basically want as much to get... Because it's basically, you're wanting them... If you're not feeding your ewes through the winter, you get them big... As fat you need as they can carry, be. As fat yeah, as they yeah. can to carry them through the winter. You're, yeah, not, yeah. It's not, you're not looking at this stage as to, you know, end game, what's the percentage fat going to be in the carcass when they're hung up. It's yeah. carrying enough fat to get them through the winter. Survive. Survivability. Yeah. Yeah, and and with Blackies... Well, I suppose you're not because you're selling tops, but is your focus when you're buying these tops is on breeding a female, not on a male? Or is that a bit um, of a... A lot of people say that, but I don't think so. I think you're looking at both, really. Yeah. I don't know how you can... People say that always for females. How do you... It's a great area to me how you can tell if a top's just for females or just for males. I yeah. don't know. It's either a good top and going to breed well or it's not. I mean, people say, oh, I'm buying that one for 
there's probably females and thinking of if, what's the difference, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't follow that one. I've got to say, you know, if it's a good top, it's good enough for both. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I should cover how'd you go on at the top sales this year? Uh good. Uh going well actually. Wasn't it one of my vintage years, I would say, but okay. pretty well. <laughs> Steady. I, I kept my I kept my right one this year, so I'm on the one I've kept this year's kind of excited about him for next year. So Oh that's good. And what did you call him? I saw him on Facebook but I forgot his name. Did you? <laughs> Why have I forgotten? It begins with M. Titan. Titan. Titan <gasps> begins with M. I'm mortified. Silent M. I am mortified. Yeah, yeah. Titan. You told me that name. You gave me the name. I know name. I did. Well, I assumed it was you put it on Facebook. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Titan. Yeah. Titan. Titan. Name, that man. is a good name for a Blackie That is a good top. name, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. He's big as well. It, but Blackies don't go by letters, do they? Or no. They no, just no, choose no, any no, name. It's a free-for-all in this game. <laughs> 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 like, there's no checks. You can goes. see who's who. Yeah, Make yeah. up. Nobody cares. Is Titan's son of what? We're honest. He's a son of the... 160,000 dike. I would be. Lamb would we be. got the year before. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Aye. Yeah, of course. Aye. <laughs> Out of the best so what, was the dearest, what was the dearest <laughs> one that sold? So there's a thing you bought a, hundred, a share, I take it, of the £160,000 top. Yes. yes. Right, okay, exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who was that bought with? It was bought with Althouse Burn, Glen Rath, and the dike boys kept a share in them. They keep 25%. Kept 25%. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they did not have a massive year this year. Oh, no, it was la- I'm just obviously getting confused. Oh, they were massive last year. Aye, aye, aye. That's right. <laughs> aye, aye. No, that's exciting. Uh, aye, aye. So good. So, and is, is he bred? So he's obviously bred. Aye, well. he's bred good. He's bred really well, aye. But there's no guarantee. Price labels don't matter. Then the worst thing a lot of people do is they, they buy a really dear top. He doesn't breed that well. And they talk themselves into using it again because it cost yeah. that yeah. amount of money. Mm. And it's, it's hard to do it, but... They, Sack them, you know. If yeah. they're not doing what you want, buy them. It doesn't matter what the cost. If they're not doing what you want, a, get rid of them. And interesting. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I like I'll, I'm fascinated by all these things because it's not really my world. But mm-hmm. Alan told us a bit about picking out these deer tops and how you get. Who came to who about buying that one? Did you hear he was in for it and you really liked it? Um, that was one that it's all different actually. I think we just were, I think we'd seen them at night because often before because the actual day of the top sale, it's a it's just a stressful day because you're you're trying to sell your own tops. Mm-hmm. I was she knows all about it. She's writing. I usually abandon her in the pen mm-hmm. at some stage to sell mine. Whether I've because you've also to go and scout about trying to source your new tops. Because no matter what, how how well you do selling your own tops, if you haven't bought what you want, you end the season in a downer. You know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to buy what you want for next year. So. um that what helps a bit is if you go around the week or two weeks before the main sales, you go around farm visits all the places where you think you might have a potential. Yeah, and I think that's, is that unique to Blackies? I, I think, think it's, yeah. I think they do a bit in the text. I think the Blackies more so because I have top nights, certain areas, maybe half a dozen farms in a certain area. Like Muirker has a top night, yeah, and it's. And everybody's in there and viewing mm-hmm. it. Everybody comes to our area that night. And you, it's a nice thing, isn't it? It's a social. Oh, you know it's, what, it's drums and, but basically, yeah. the whole thing's a social thing. And yeah. I, I've all we're talking here about the blackies as if it's kind of business and everything. But one of the biggest pluses about the blackies is that the people you meet and the people you know through it. I, mean, yeah. I could go to any show in Ireland or Scotland any Saturday summer, and I've got a dozen or more people in the beer tent you can go and mm-hmm. chat to. Great folk. Mm-hmm. And that ties back into uh, James Nisbet. The only reason he bought a blackie top was to get in the beer tent at the Highlands. Yeah, that's, that's what he said. It works. <laughs> he just wants to get in the, the, the blackie party. It's great. Doing the lines. It's great. Uh, and then, uh, the social with the blackies is special. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, and, and they're great folk. I mean, I mean the, the people you meet through it, and, mm-hmm. um, it's fantastic. But but with that one, like, I'd love to 
to hear like you went, you've obviously viewed it. You were Muircourt Mafia were, were viewing it. <laughs> it together, was I was chatting the car on the way home. No, or, I chatted to wait to think. Donald said he was keeping a share. Dyke said they were keeping a share. So it's just that the viewing night. That was a view, well and, and it, it'd be one of those ones that before you went there were folk already talking about this top. Um no, I don't think they had I don't think I'd heard anything about him before I went. I think that was the first time people had seen him really. Right, okay. Okay. And you looked immense in the shed that night, so and you go around everywhere else and you suss what's out and then you come back and think I think that, that was the one. Dykeman's a win for me. So um and I knew Moan Lambs were pretty good last year, so I felt I could go and get involved with the... Because that's another difficult thing. If Dad's obviously later in the sale and the ones he wants are earlier, he's not known how oh, much... that's a great point. I can't, what, I can't what, because you're dealing with these guys. Are, yeah. aye, and unless you're prepared to go the full hog... Yeah, if you need to lay out 40 grand and you've aye, not even sold your top shit. Which has mm -hmm. never happened to me. I can't do it. So, so was Dykes sold after yours? He was before, but I kind of knew... Ah, you knew your tops were good enough. I knew they were and good last year. And we'd been to other year. sales last year. Yeah. So you had some money in the pot. I tried, right, sold one. Oh, was Dyke sold then at I Dom sold Mali? one at, no, he was at Lanark, but I sold one at Dunmally the year before, the week before, uh, 30,000. So I'd, I knew I was in credit, so I was fine. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I could get involved in that. I'm one. getting confused. I thought Lanark was before Dunmally, but. Some years it, it is. is. Last year was a fluke that it was after. It depends how the Saturdays fall. Oh, right. That's what's throwing me off. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. Years is. So that's so worked that out. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. so, so that's why, yeah. So, aye. So we kind of, so almost in the day in the market, we're kind of ch chatting and and uh, it just kind of falls into place, you know. Um, oh, that's such but, a polit politician's answer. Like, aye, who said to who? It does. Did, did, did you I say? I honestly remember. I think, I think Alan had already spoken to the Glenrath guys, and then he came. I think Alan. I met up with Alan, and he he said about the Dykeman, and I said I would have a. I would have a big interest in him, so, mm -hmm. and he'd already spoken to the Glen Rathmans, I think. So yeah, yeah, from there. Just went for there. So and Dyke was obviously always keeping their share. Yeah, yeah, they they good, good. Share, so. And I think it's really interesting for. I mean, I've got a kind of rough idea of how it works, but for other people listening as well, how can that possibly work? You know, for four people, four farmers, to own one ram, who takes it home? Who has the responsibility? Well, it's funny, of it? you, and and. and and days gone by, what they did was you, you look at a, a blacky ram, a blacky top lamb, and you think you'll top ETUs. So basically, every day, somebody was nominated to be the host farm, and everybody bought 20 ewes each mm -hmm. and went in. But nowadays, because with the advent of AI and, and health reasons as well, because you kind of don't want to mix your sheep with Because we're, we're a closed flock, and our sheep don't see any other sheep. So you, you kind of want to keep them separate. So AI is a useful tool. Yep. Um, so. Basically, three of the places will AI a share to them and somebody gets the top to run naturally. And you get more in lamb to them as well, mm. you know. Uh, I buy AI. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and do you all agree beforehand? Or are these, you take them to the, the milking machine, see how many straws you get, and then that's just split four ways? It's all, it no, it's fresh. It's fresh jump oh, on the it? day. Aye, so okay. on the day. And that's where, that's where you usually have them in, usually have frozen, some frozen off him just in case on the day he doesn't he's not performing that well yeah, and yeah. you've all been there I know so just in case he's and uh, you've, that is backup but it tends to be on the day you get fresh semen and, um, and just what you get head. you get is it yeah. generally always the same I don't even know with rams is it generally always the same amount of semen I know females are different with eggs it's very variable but um, are, are nah, tops very similar aye they vary they vary right. it's more the quality than the quantity because the uh, 
they don't like to eye below certain quality semen, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's more that. But uh, usually, aye. I don't do a lot of AI, and I just do. No. I, I book my every year just for for shared tops, yeah. you know, but like, I tend like to like that. using my tops. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, like, I like using tops as natural as I can. And would, and would you get, again, because I don't know, and, and other people listening won't know, how many years would you get topped to that 160? Um, well, I don't know how many. I did, I eyed 72 or something like that, I think. Okay. You know, what the other guy, I don't know. So I, you're almost I getting four times as much as you would doing it naturally, yes, splitting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have them, I had them running this year. One of the other guys ran him last year naturally, so I had him. He's with me this year, so getting the natural use of him. Yeah. You know, so. And was there AI with him again this year? Yes, some of the other Were you ones. Happy did. How he, bred? he did. He did. Yeah. He bred that one I've kept, you know. Which yeah, yeah. Is and you're excited about Yeah. So, we'll see. Listen, that's it's interesting. It's good to hear folks speak about it because yeah. it is this mysterious world right. that, unless you're in it, yeah. I think it's because people see the. I think people. See these prices of black blacky tops compared to other breeds, and uh, it's this kind of mystery about why are blackies, you know, and and it's almost it's always been there. This kind of people ask questions, you know. Yeah. You don't, always, you don't always get answers. Well, I to mean, me, in talking about the price, but it's exciting that they're almost as expensive as the swales are now. <laughs> <laughs> I got out for mentioning that before, but the swales are making more than the blackies now. Hell hath frozen over. I know. I know. <laughs> It's a shocker. But they're they're the most numerous breed, you know. It's a pyramid. The, the, the more tops are needed, you know, it's the, the pinnacle's going to be higher. Yeah. You know, that's mm -hmm. it's just the way it works. That's a know. good point. And Texels will be the next. Yes, the next because yeah. of the base. The, the base yeah. is higher. And you get people when I used to buy my, I mean, when I used to buy my commercial tops, at, you know, three grand, six tops, you know, I'd be buying them off these guys, and these guys maybe gross them so gross themselves. A few thousand quid for their tops, so they go and try and buy a better one from other farmers a stage mm -hmm, above, mm -hmm. and and they go up and it gets to be you get to the top of the pyramid and you get these syndicates of breeders mm. try to buy this one. Some years there's, there's not a right one, and there's some years you go and and there's other years there's two or three real top top ones, you know. Yeah. And that's why they're dear because of all that put base of the number of tops that needed, you're maybe only getting one or two right I mean, ones. This must be the first year. Uh, you tell me if I'm in the last few we well, I thought there wasn't a six figure top this year. No, there wasn't. And is this year an example of there wasn't just that a lot of good tops? I wouldn't say it was a vintage year for tops. Good tops, a lot of but good But there wasn't tops. that special we must have this. No, no, yeah. No, I would say personally, I think they were lacking a wee bit this year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well it's shown in the price. I think the average was up right enough, which um Average was down at Lanark. Was it down uh, at Lanark? Yeah, Lanark was right, real okay. down actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, there we go. But, um but then you know yourself, a hundred sixty thousand pound top. That's going to bring fair lifts the average. You know, ah, right? that's yeah. it. But they weren't there this year. Yeah, that's right. Next year. Ah, that's it. That's it. Once Titan's done his job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aye. And, and what, what would be like? I don't want to talk about the retirement thing too much, right? but we are we're getting to the hour mark now, so we will we will wrap it up and let you go. But I, I would love to know what when you finally do make that thing, what you're going to do. What does, what does a farmer like you that bleeds Chris Fart, like you say? Well, that's the problem. The, the problem is, is you, when you're farming, it's your interest and your hobby and your job, and it's everything rolled into one, you know? So, um, aye, I don't know. Do a bit of travelling. Because I think you're, the one thing I miss to an extent with the family not coming home is usually you get to mid-60s, the next generation are home. Mm -hmm. It's like you said the other day about once a man, twice a boy. Yeah. I'm not going to chance to the boy for the second time. Yeah. Which I yeah. really regret. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm still, the hassle ends up in me, the kind of, 
you know, I've nobody else because cause my father at my age was pop was coming in up and down when he wanted and mm-hmm. popping mm-hmm. in when he wanted and having the fun things. Still get your horn in. Just the big yeah. days were scanning. Because it's still the interest. I'll be up. Yep. And it's still a big mm-hmm. interest, you know. Yeah. But I'm not going to have that. I'm going to be in at the sharp end of it really kind of... And then just... Out. And then flick a switch, which is going to be hard. Mm. So I'm going to have to think it through. But, but I'm, I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to go on. I'll, I'll go on no, as long bugger. as I'm enjoying it. Aye. I'm enjoying it. Um, but ugh, no. It's a bit of travelling. You like the like travelling? Yeah, I like the travelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thailand. Thailand. Mm. Have you done Two any weeks. of those things? I've been, I've been to New Zealand a couple of times. You went on safari last safari year? Safari last year in Africa. Uh, camps in Serengeti. He called uh, yeah. one of his tops after their tour guide, Felix. That's right. Oh, Felix, did you? <laughs> yeah. That was a tour <laughs> they guide. They love Felix. Guy. They love Felix. Felix right, okay. Is he good? Yeah, Character. We wanted to adopt him, but no. Nah. <laughs> what, what part of Africa is this? The Tanzania, it was the Serengeti, Tanzania. it was out in the plain, yeah, okay. you know, it was out where the, it was in the midst of the end of the dry season, so there was... Aye. is that where they filmed The Lion King? I don't know, is that the... Is that Serengeti? No, I think that was the, uh, no, it was in Kenya, it was the, the other one, what's it called? Masai Mara or something? Oh, I'm a bit uh, as actually. Aye. But but the, it was at the time of the, the, the wildebeest in the move, you know, there's two million wildebeest migrating. Uh, migration. And there were 600... <laughs> <laughs> Listen to, I've been listening to the Tories too much. They were heading for Rwanda. They, they, oh, yeah, yeah, just all these, sm- all these wildebeest <laughs> the small boats. Heading for Rwanda. <laughs> but uh, but no, there was, was 600,000 zebra and 2 million wildebeest just in these endless places. But you could see them. Oh, aye. No, no, I mean, they were in, oh, you couldn't in one see all that. Aye, 2 but million. Just, just these endless plains. I mean, you were. But is that nowhere it comes great, this whole thing about cow farts? Destroying the planet. Oh, I don't know. Uh, do, do you know what I mean? There's two million wildebeest right well, yeah. there's, a, there's a hole in ozone layer above uh, Tanzania. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I can imagine. No, that's. But no, the the it was uh, it was unbelievable. It was um, we're camping out on it and seeing all the. It was one of these. MD's a chance, a bucket list thing to do. Yeah. Go to yeah. Serengeti. Go to yeah. Serengeti. It was fantastic. So things like that give you a spur on to I think as well, eh, I think if it was dad's grandchildren that were his children, I think you might have people taken on from you. I've got I've got grandchildren now who are, are wee farmers, I would say. Aye. But mm-hmm. Whether I hang on off long enough to let them stay. What age are they? Um, well, my main ones, the main ones are, I've got two wee boys that are seven and I've got a wee girl. They were, they're twins, but I've got, I've got Maeve who's three and Orla who's four, five, four, five. Five, just five. Yeah. So they're um, uh, they, they're out in the bike them all the time. Yeah, the mod yeah. family were like that. I mean, I, it's been a family thing for me because my children are even yet. Ailey is a teacher. Um, I mean, I always check when Easter holidays are because last week our Easter holidays fell right in the middle of lambing time, which was eureka moment for me. So yeah, and yep. she's happy to come and she two. I don't know if she's happy or not. Or whether she feels sorry. <laughs> she was obliged. Well, no, I'm like Ailey. I'm going to Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing lambing. <laughs> <laughs> so really, she was there for me full two. And I were in it. Oh, it's uh, every kind of mucks in and does a thing. But the next generation, the women's are. It's very definitely your own children. My own children had to basically tie in with whatever I was doing. You know, whatever I was doing, they come out and helped and did stuff. And when I know that the women's are coming for the day, I I'd adapt what I'm doing for the week so that I can involve them in the wee jobs I'm doing. You know, yeah, you plan fun things. Fun things mm-hmm. to come out with me and wee jobs they can come and help with. They are so stuff. funny though, aren't they? Maeve's got no fear. She's no. in about everything. Aye, she is. She is. But uh, but yeah, they're great. And um, but farming, it's, it's one of these. My problem is I've got, now got grandchildren coming along, and my own children 
having their children or saying they they look back in their childhood has been this idyllic childhood in the family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doing everything. And it is a super place to, to best place to grow up. There's yeah, nothing nowhere better. Yep. The freedom and the ah the, safety. And safety as well. Yep. I mean, but I think they all I think now as adults and going out into the other the outside world as it were, they, they appreciate what it was like in the farm. Yeah. And now I'm getting pressurized <laughs> by my own children that they want their grandchildren to experience it the same. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's how long I hang on to give them the... It, it was a Dad, I'm trying. I'm on Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> right, final sign up to Muddy Matches. We're going to do a podcast on this. Don't worry, she's doing her best. Yeah, I know. Um, um, the limit to how long I'm going to hang on here. Aye, aye, aye. I'll get the finger out. The, the, the clock's ticking, folks. Get, get your emails in for Iona. Say um, the email again. <laughs> 2,000 acres, premium hill farm. Go on. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's uh, funny you say that about the idyllic uh, grown up thing because a big part of my drive to get myself a route away from the police yeah. was because I saw the people I was working with there having to send kids to childminders and in laws and yeah. struggling to get days off what to go to. Like, uh, you know, uh, Colin that works in here was away to his nativity play last night. Yeah. Struggling to get de- eat back shifts off to go to a nativity yeah. play. Yeah. Like yeah. missing things like uh, sports days, the other one. Because it's not that important. No, to you know, get a day off work or yeah, yeah. If, if if they're tight for resources, can't give you. I'm sorry. I know so it's I know it's supposed to, but it's not that important. It's not mm-hmm. like a wedding or something. So, so you're missing these days that are important things that, that yeah. you know massive things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was me. I was like, I need to get root out of here. And the great thing with farming is you're your own boss. Oh yeah, you never miss it. You, you can drop it. down tools like that's that was great things. See if I ever need picked up from somewhere or something. I could phone my dad and be like, you know, yeah. can you come and get me? No bother, come and get you. Because I remember even although when I was young, I mean, I did a. I was busy, you know, with the cows and everything. And, but I still had all the time. The kids, were, although I was never away much and I was working all the time, the kids were with me all the time. Yeah. You know, they're out with you at the weekends, yeah. they're doing stuff with you, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and getting involved, you know, and it's it's just a good life, you know, a good, healthy kind of lifestyle. Yeah. You, know? you uh, don't have to spend a fortune to do something with no, them. No, you don't. Like the people I would work with would have to, yeah. on their days off, they'd have to take them to so- soft players. All right, swimming's a good life skill as well. Or swimming, or they need to spend money going different places yeah. for something to do. Whereas it's such a good bonding and fun thing to just go and bring the sheep in. And oh, aye, mm-hmm. oh, I get the jobs. Clipping jobs. Sheerum is a great because clipping the was great. I had them all of the aye wool bags, and they caught the hogs, caught them, and stitched the bags, rolled the fleeces. You know, mm-hmm. so a lot of their jobs, kill yeah. them. Yeah, so, yeah. So the, and I learned about hard work. Watching you, watching you struggling away. I'm not saying you're struggling, but we all struggle. It's Sheeran, we all struggle. (laughs) They watch you working away and they're learning about hard work. um, But look at her now. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You can only do so much. (laughs) You can only do so much. I I tell you. (laughs) But no, listen, that's been enough of your time. I understand. Now she's wanting to chin him on while he's under pressure here. No, I'm happy. No, you're happy. Um, Okay, no, that's that's good. I think that has honestly been brilliant. Like absolutely brilliant. Yeah, maybe I uh, maybe about your demographic age for the, with me coming on camera. Maybe average age of <laughs> sixty. Listen to that. Do you know? I'll joke aside. I, I think I'm not so much the average age group, but there will be a lot of farmers who generally wouldn't listen to my nonsense, who will want to listen to your nonsense. <laughs> so uh, there's bound to be a few extra viewers on board. So of course uh, that's a great thing. And thanks for coming in, John. The pleasure. And it's all over. You can breathe again. Oh, John Murray has left the building. That was good. That was good. As I said at the intro, that, that you know, just the bit when he's talking about how he breeds cuss flat. I know, it made me emotional. Yeah. And and you won't be able to see from the angle with the glasses, but your dad was getting a wee bit emotional yeah. too. 
I know. Like that, it was, oh, it's like I better ease off a bit here because this is, uh, yeah. it's it's good to get into the actual emotions of thing. I very much hide behind a lot of bluster and comedy all the time, mm -hmm. but it is nice to sometimes touch on these things. Yeah, definitely. The important thing is, did your dad enjoy the experience? He really did. Yeah. Yeah, he did really enjoy it. Uh-huh. I think the only thing, he was obviously we were chatting about it after, and the only thing was, because uh, he said, you know, but never buying a female, but we remembered he had bought a gimmer a few years ago off oh. one of his friends that was selling off um, their stock and moving down south. So... Right, okay. That breaking the news thing. then. Breaking, breaking news. God, he ruined his whole record I by know. buying one female. I know. Hey. That one gimmer. There's always one. Always There's one. always one that ruins your life. I know. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else you lied about? Anything <laughs> <laughs> uh, else you'd like to clarify just now, Iona, before he gets called out by the Blackie boys? No, that should be everything. That you, I bet there's like folk Blackie, Blackie boys going, I remember John bought that female there. He's all <laughs> well, there we go. We've clarified that everybody calm down. Don't need to write into the show. So that's fantastic. But, yeah, he, everybody knows John's a straight shooter. He's obviously just uh, forgot that at the time, but we've clarified it now. Clarified. So good. Well, fantastic interview. Thank your dad again from me, and hopefully you guys love this as well. And and more of this to come from Fed by Farmers. But for now, thanks to our sponsors, Kids Two. I've been Cami. I've been Iona, and we are both Fed, Fed by, by Farmers. Farmers. Welcome to the podcast where we're harvesting humor, planting the light. Join us, Iona and Cammy. Let's have some.